Hey everybody, I just wanted to get on here real quick. I don't know if you heard or not or had a chance to listen to the uh, to President Trump's uh, press conference uh, concerning his executive order to for the stimulus package that he is presenting. Um, I had a chance to listen to it and I took down some notes. Um, he didn't go into a lot of details and specifics. Just laid out some of the uh, some of the things he was concerned about with the Democratic with the Democrats uh, version of the stimulus package, which I'll go over a little bit. And then he laid out his uh, his executive order that he signed actually right there at the press conference. He took a few questions from reporters from um, and answered some questions and then closed out the uh, closed out the press conference. But the first thing he started with was um, he talked about two bills. And they were uh, veteran bills, uh, choice and accountability. And um, what they did is they expanded um, um, service for uh, vets with, uh, with blindness in both eyes and also uh, vital assistance. And I, you know, I took it that it has to do with uh, um, maybe mental health and, and also drug abuse and stuff like that. That's the way I took it. He didn't go into a lot of details, but that's the way I took it. That's my view on it. Um, he... Um, you know, he started off to get like he does. He's he started off touting, you know, the success and the and and how what, the progress we're making with the with the uh, coronavirus. Uh, the stock market's uh, moving in the right direction. Unemployment's moving in the right direction, and things like that. Um, and then he went into his uh, disagreement with the Democrats on the stimulus packages that they presented, and he presented a few things that I that I that I wrote down. I wrote these down. Um, and that they were included in their stimulus package, which was over well over like a thousand pages or something like that. He actually, when he was listing out some of these, uh, some of these demands that the Democrats want, he actually listed out the page numbers like a thousand thirty six, thousand forty two, or something like that. So, you know, if you want to get it, look at the, the, the you know the difference between the Democrats and what uh, the president has uh, laid out in his executive orders. But um, he he listed out about six or seven. Uh, things that that the Democrats uh, included in this stimulus, this quote unquote stimulus bill that's supposed to be relief for you know for the American people, right? Number one, they want to put uh, ban voter ID, and I'll just list these out: uh, bailout for states that have had all these serious problems, uh, ban signature verification for votes which I don't understand why that is the case. I mean, you go into uh, to go vote and usually you have you sign in, you sign a book that has your signature where you actually, you know, when you first register to vote and they match that that signature is actually you. So I don't understand what banning a signature or having, you know, verification of signatures has anything to do with number one, a stimulus package. But why is that? Why is that part of? why they want to, uh, you know, stop that in a voting process. They want universal mail-in balloting uh, of all states. Even if states have a, a, a proven system, they want to make sure that mail-in ballots are in all states, which I, I if you listen to my podcast, my uh, number nine, I talked a little bit about uh, the mail-in ballots. That, it, that will be a complete and utter disaster. Just mark my words. It'll be a disaster, and it'll open this this uh, this election cycle to fraud of of and I and I listen on an epic proportion. It's going to be terrible, 
And there is no reason why we can't go to the poll to the polls and vote. And I made this clear yesterday in my view in my views that if we can go to a grocery store, wait in line, follow all the procedures, everything that they want us to do with this COVID nineteen, um, and keep the virus under control, we can go to stores, we can go to big box stores, we can go to the Home Depots and stuff, and wait in line. We can wait in line to go vote. There's no difference, and it's just not okay. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, they want to uh, get rid of ballot validation, which I don't understand. Uh, they don't want. To, they want to send stimulus checks to all illegal aliens. They don't pay taxes. They want to send stimulus checks to all illegal aliens. Last time I checked, if you're here in this country illegally, you are not. Um, you are not a citizen of the country. You have not paid taxes, so therefore you should not get a stimulus check if you are not a, a citizen of this country, if you haven't worked, if you haven't paid taxes. That's just my personal view, okay? Um, here's the one that really kind of, he said it kind of freaked him out. They want a mass release of all of inmates and illegal aliens, and, and including serious uh, people who are in for serious crimes. They want to release these people. Now, what that has to do with a stimulus package, any of this really, doesn't have anything to do with a stimulus package. I mean, relief, tax relief, uh, monies directly to an individual, unemployment, whatever. I can see those. But none of these, this is, this, this, these things that he listed out here are nothing but politics. It's nothing but pork. You know, you, you, it's nothing but pork added on to it to play politics. That's all it is. That's okay. These are some of the things that he um, he said that they 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 wanted to block support for K through twelve schools. And he didn't go to, into any detail with any of these. But pay uh, paycheck protection. Uh, they were blocking the thirty four hundred family of four. Now, I don't know what they were suggesting. Maybe they were suggesting more or what. I don't know. But they're blocking that uh, child and mental health um, assistance. And something to do with rental, I didn't get that. That last one, I'm pretty sure it's probably rental protection or, um, you know, you if you didn't have money to pay your rent, you'd be covered. I, I guess that's what it was. I didn't get that last thing. Um, but here's, here's, the, um, here's the, um, the executive actions that he's going to take place that he signed actually during the, during the, um, uh, during the press conference. Um, he talked about a payroll tax holiday. Anyone under that earns $100,000 or less uh, would have a payroll tax holiday. He wants to begin that August 1st through the end of 2020. Um, he talked about, and I don't think this is exactly part of the uh, executive actions, but he talked about a, a permanent payroll tax. He wants to make the payroll tax permanent, and if he's elected, he says he's going to do that or try to get that done. Um, the, the Department of Housing, and I think it's Housing and Urban Development, um, they were going to um, um, not allow evictions uh, for renters and homeowners who can't pay their mortgage and rent to give them protection. That's part of the uh, executive action, this, this stimulus plan that he's pre presenting. Um, there's a, an unemployment support, and it is $400 per week, and states will be asked to cover 25% of that, and the feds will cover 75% of that. 
Um, he was asked uh, just a few questions afterwards why it wasn't 600, and he he just made a, a, a comment that they felt that $600 was uh, too much. It was not. It was not an incentive for people to go back to work, so they lowered it. Um, student loans um, relief. They were extending the. Um, they've already um, reduced the interest rate to zero, and they're extending that through the end of the year as well. And then also ad additions to capital. Uh, not additions, but capital gains and income tax relief cuts. Uh, which are all part of t trying to stimulate the government big uh, and, and companies, uh, giving them an opportunity to compete and in, in order and allowing them to, you know, to hire and to grow without the burden of, um, you know, capital gains and income tax and stuff like that. So, um, and allowing people to, um, you know, take get a break from their in income uh, income tax. So those are what he. Th those are the. He actually, like I said, he signed the executive action there. He was asked several questions um, after it. He opened up for questions. And of course, he had reporters asking whether he thought that he was going to get sued and they were going to take him to court. He, he basically said, let him take me, let him, he says, let him take me to court. He says, I think that uh, we have a pretty good chance of winning. He says, listen, if, they, if the Democrats want to come to me and they want to give me a proposal that works, I'm open for it. But right now they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. They're holding the American people hostage, and I couldn't take it anymore, and I'm not going to allow that to happen. So this is why I'm, uh, I'm here today and taking these executive actions because, um, because they aren't doing their job. They're supposed to be doing a job, and they're not doing their job. And I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to give the relief to the American people. So he's laid this out here already, and what he's done, this is my view, and this is my opinion, what he's done is he's put both Republicans and Democrats up against the wall and he says, if you can't do the work of the people and get this done, we are, we are forcing people not to work. We are forcing people to stay in their homes. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their companies. I think the last number I heard was 110,000. I'm probably sure it's more now. 110,000 small businesses have closed permanently since this coronavirus. 110,000. Think of the employees, think of the taxes, think of the income that is lost because of that. And he says, and we are telling people that they, we, they can't open up their stores so, and their businesses. So if we're going to force people to do this, then we have a responsibility to support them through these stimulus, um, these, these stimulus packages. And I agree with them 100%. Congress should be Stop playing games and stop playing, playing politics. It's ridiculous. They need to get things done and get this stimulus into the hands of the people so they can spend it and keep the economy growing. And hopefully we can get a handle on the, on the, the virus. Uh, he said that they're working day and night to try to, and working on the um, um, a vaccine for the virus, and we're getting close to it. And uh, we want to, you know, we want to eliminate it. I don't think you're ever going to eliminate it, but we want to get it under control um, and get people back to work and, and doing what they're, you know, what we've always done and make America great again. Here's my here's my take. I've never liked executive actions. Okay, I've never. I don't. I don't really like a president taking executive actions like this, um, because what it does is it sets. Um, a bad precedence. 
whenever they do this. I didn't like it, um, and I know all presidents have done it. Uh, it seemed to me like during Obama's uh, administration, eight years, um, you know, when he said that I have a phone, I think he said I have a phone and a pin, and basically I can do anything that I want, and I can take any action that I want, and step aside, and I think it was the same reason. Well, if Congress isn't going to act, then I'm going to act, and I'm going to do things through executive action. It set, it set bad precedent. So what happens is the next president and the next president and the presidents that follow all have these precedents that they can do these things. And that's not what this country, that's not how this country is organized or a constitution and who makes laws. Congress makes laws and that's the way it is. And now we, you know, I don't really, I don't agree with it. But in this case, when you have, um, when you have Congress that can't talk to each other because they're acting like a bunch of babies and they don't like each other, they need to, they need to put aside their disagreements. They need to, to stop the politics and all the posturing, sit down at the damn table and work this out and get it done. And they're unwilling to do that. So here you got a president of the United States that's doing his job. He's forcing them to do this. And now he's got now now they're backed up against the wall. They can sue him, which they probably will. They'll probably be in court on Monday trying to stop him. But here's the thing. These these numbers are out. The president has already basically said, this is what this is what we're going to do. I've signed an executive order. They're going to have to do something. And he is playing these guys uh, just like he continues to play them all the time to get them to act and get them to do what their duties and their responsibilities to work for the people. I talked about this yesterday uh, and on my, in my last episode. Okay, We have leaders in this country that don't lead anymore. We have leaders in this country that think they, that, that they are above and beyond the law, that they are above because they have power over us. We, they don't. We, the people, have the power. We, the people, gave that power to them to act reasonably and responsible. And right now, they are not. They're not on a, on a local level. They are not on a state level. And they are definitely not on a federal level, on a national level. And, it, and it's just inappropriate and it needs to stop and today president i myself my to my view he acted very presidential today and he's forcing the hand of these uh, of both republicans and democrats to to get off this bandwagon of hating each other and doing some work for the people listen thanks for listening i just wanted to get on here it's kind of like some you know it was a uh, you know breaking news so i wanted to get on here just kind of give you the details of it. I'm sure as we go through next week, we'll hear more of details of what's going on. And of course, probably the battle is going to continue on. Uh, but I want to get on here and just like uh, let you know, um, if you didn't get a chance to listen, uh, you know, get on any of your uh, social media, probably find it and listen to it. It was, it was very interesting. Listen, um, thanks for listening. Remember to be smart, be safe, and be kind out there. Uh, that's what this country needs right now. And please, if you have any comments, I would love to hear from you. Write me at rob at robscottpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Disagree with me, agree with me. I don't care. Just I would love to hear from you. Uh, Thanks for listening. And this is Rob Scott, and this is my podcast with a view. Hey, this week has been, well, has been really hot. A lot of stuff going on in our country, the politics, 
in the music industry. We're going to talk a little bit about that. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, Concealed Carry, CTW today, and my experience today. Uh, we're also going to talk WAP, uh, WAP with Cardi D, and what's her name, Megan D. Uh, Stallion, and their new uh, blockbuster uh, single that they would put out this week. I'm not going to talk about a lot because uh, anyway, anyway, and then there's some other political news that I want to kind of hit real quick before I uh, in today's uh, episode. So, hey, listen, uh, I had a great time today. I I've always wanted to kind of get my my uh, concealed carry uh, certificate, you know, and my and my license. As you know, I used to live in New Jersey. I was there for 30 years, and being able you couldn't you could not get. A concealed carry in New Jersey because of their gun laws there. It's the most uh, pitiful state that you can probably live in if you want to own a gun or buy a gun or whatever. So many limitations on it. Well, I uh, I had a chance to go to a training class today, which was an eight-hour long class. It's an all-day affair, and got a chance to uh, do some shooting today and and uh, show my skills and be able to get my uh, my certificate today, which now I can take and uh, turn all that into the uh, the sheriff's department. And I think right now it's like a 45-day wait just because of COVID and all that stuff uh, for me to be able to get my, uh, my concealed carry. So, of course, we went through all of the, uh, you know, all the laws, uh, Ohio laws and things like that, and all the, you know, just everything you need to know about being a... Uh, uh, carrying and concealed. And, uh, I had to, I hadn't shot for a little while. Uh, so I had my, uh, had my Glock with, you know, I brought my Glock with me and we had an opportunity to shoot, man. I was really, I was actually pretty happy with, uh, my groupings. We had to do, you know, I did like four, four magazines. Uh, and so I, you know, we did about 20, uh, chest shots. Um, and then, uh, 20 headshots and I was really happy I mean I was like I was like hitting my mark and uh like hitting where I wanted to kind of hit I was a little off a few couple places but my groupings were really good and but what I was really impressed with during this whole thing when I was shooting is the is the instructor man he was like really really hands-on uh very he's an expert shooter this guy was he's older gentleman he's a retired uh, uh police officer he does he does personalized training now uh, he's done, you know, he's done competition shooting and things like that. So he really knows this stuff. And he was really involved with each one of the shooters. We had people that had never shot a gun before. Um, and then we had people that had, you know, knew their, knew their way around a handgun. And, I, you know, like I was not, you know, was not new to it, so I knew what I was doing. But I was really impressed with him. He would, he would watch each of the people shooting. And watched their hands, their hand positions, showed us how he likes to, you know, to handle his, his firearm and, you know, how to, how to pull the trigger, how to, how to do all this. It was really interesting. And what I was really surprised, well, not really surprised, but I saw, the, I saw the, the, the benefits of his instructions almost immediately. It was, it was pretty cool. And um, my first couple of shots that I made is we started around the chest area. And, um, and I was kind of, I was in the, I was in the, I was shooting okay, but I was kind of like off to the left a little bit. 
And he was explained to me that if you're shooting off to the left, it's because of the way they're gripping and the way that you're pulling the trigger. So he adjusted my hands and basically said, okay, put 70% of your, uh, your, your weight on your left hand and 30% on your right hand that's holding the, you know, uh, holding the gun, holding the handgun. And then shift your finger just a little bit for, and then when you're pulling back on the trigger. Now, if you, you got a clock, you know that you have a, a trigger pull where it comes back to it, kind of like almost like a dead stop before it, before the poundage changes, and you are able to pull and shoot the shoot the shoot the round. So, um, just making those small incremental changes was is incredible. And as soon as it. Uh, um, as soon as I made those changes, I could see that I was just putting one round on top of the other round, on top of the other round, on top of the other round. It was crazy. Just those small little incremental uh, changes really made a difference uh, in my shooting. And it was like, wow, this is really cool. So I'm excited about that. I got my certificate today. And uh, now, I get to, uh, now I get to go and, and make an appointment with the Sheriff's Department to get my, uh, my concealed carry. So... Uh, wish me good luck. I shouldn't have any problems. My background check should be good and everything. So anyway, uh, it was a good experience today. This week has been really big time in the news. I think Monday was it? I think Monday we had a new song come out uh, with from Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. The uh, song and the single is WAP. Um, I really don't... <laughs> I had a friend of mine kind of keeps track of like things that are trending online for me. Uh, like I, I've told you before, I don't have a big staff with my uh, my podcast, so I have a lot of people kind of feed me stuff. and And I said, "Oh, you got to talk about this because this is really this is this is trending like in music like crazy. It's got eighty million downloads in in the UK and in the United States, and it's it's big time." Listen, I'm not a bit, I'm not a rap guy at all. <laughs> you know, I'm more of a classic rock dude, and uh, I don't really get into rap. I mean, I got a few Drake, you know, songs on my on my playlist, but I don't listen to rap. Never did. Um, and I list, used to listen to a little bit when my was when my youngest son was at home, and we'd be driving in the car, and he would want to listen to some rap. And I okay, good, you know. And um, anyway, but. I, uh, he sent me this. He sent me this link to the video, and the the lyrics on this thing. And uh, all right, what a piece of trash this this song is. I, I'm I'm serious. Uh, I was sitting there listening to this, and all I could visualize in my head is I'm going to be driving up to. <clears throat> excuse my sniffs. I got a little bit of a runny nose. Um, I'm going to be driving up to a, a stop light and my windows are going to be up because air conditioning is on, but I'm going to be looking over here and there's going to be these two kids, more than likely either white kid, you know, white girl or white, whatever. They're going to be blasting away at their bass and their car is going to be bouncing up and down because their bass is so stinking high. And they're going to be all like singing and all the, you know, knowing all the lyrics to this song already. And then spent the whole time memorizing all the lyrics to this new song. I don't know if you've listened to it or not. Um, I got through maybe two of the verses before. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't read it anymore. It was so vulgar and so disgusting. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, it was just, it was like, 
And then the video, I, I didn't even finish. I didn't even watch all the video. I just kind of got the gist of it because it was all the same, basically. And it's something that you could find on Pornhub, really. I mean, if you want to see pornography, uh, then download this music, memorize the lyrics to it, because that's what it is. It's just plain and simple, just vulgar and just terrible. It is. And then what's a shame is you got 80 million people who have downloaded this or listened to this thing, and, and, and they're getting rave reviews about how this is supposed to strengthen, strengthen women and about sexuality and things like that. You know, I, <laughs> I don't know anybody that talks to their wives or their girlfriends like these two girls sing about in this song. I... I I even asked around a little bit. I said, hey, would you say this to your girlfriend or your, your wife? Hell no. I would never say anything like that. And it's just like, <laughs> geez. You know what? I, I, I'm, I love America. And you can, you can, you got your freedom of speech. You can do whatever you want to do. But boy, if I, if I had children today and, you know, and, and they were growing up at this thing, I'd be having a talk about it. I wouldn't be telling them, hey, don't download it. I would make a recommendation not to, but I would sit there and, and really kind of talk to them about maybe why you wouldn't want to download this because just how blatantly vulgar it is. And it really, to me, it really debases women uh, to, to just look at them as a sexual object versus uh, you know, uh, women that like they're supposed to be. It was just, to me, it was just gross. So that's all I'm going to say about that. It, just put it this way. It won't be on my download list and it won't be playing on my on my iPhone. So, um, listen, there's a lot of other news in the, in the, uh, in the, this week. Um, of course we all know that, uh, uh, vice president elect, not elect, but vice president, uh, 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 Joe Biden um, picked his his uh, running mate, the VP running mate Kamala Harris, this week, and I just I just got a, something I want to kind of like talk a little bit about, and just my view on this whole thing. You know, I um, I used to love, I mean, not love him, but I used to kind of like like Joe. I was I lived in New Jersey for thirty years, and uh, he was you know he was a senator from Delaware, and um, I always I always kind of liked Joe. I never thought badly of him. Um, he's always been kind of the, to me, he's always been kind of the middle of the road type of guy. Some, some, uh, you know, legislation, he'd be on the left-hand side, he'd be on Democrat, he'd switch over. And I think he tried to, tried to straddle, uh, the aisle a little bit in his, in his efforts. Now I know there's been a lot of reports about his, you know, about his racism and things like that. But in my view, he's always been kind of like in the middle. And I think since he's been the the nomin- nominee for the Democratic ticket for president, um, the Democratic Party has shifted so much this year and over the last couple, last year, last couple of years, have shifted so much to the left that there's two things I think that's kind of going on with Joe. And this is just my opinion. This is what this is my view on this. You can disagree with it. Let me know if you, you know, if you think I'm a moron or whatever. You can get me at Rob at RobScottPodcast.com, but I'd love to hear from you. But here's my take on this. Um, number one, we all have seen this uh, as far as his, his cognitive ability. Now, I don't want, I don't like, I'm not going to speak badly of the guy, uh, but I worry about that because he can't put two sentences together. It seems to forget things mid, you know, midway through his 
through his speeches and things like that, and he can't answer uh, questions. They've been keeping him basically in the basement and not talking, and I really believe that that's a serious issue that people really need to uh, to look at in their voting this year. I really do. He is not he is not well, and it's it's showing each and every day. Number two is I think Joe has always been kind of to me he's always been kind of like this. Uh, like I said, middle of the line kind of, kind of guy, and now he's being uh, having to be pigeonholed into being the Democratic uh, candidate for presidency, and he's shifted himself so much to the left that, to tell you the truth, here I think that he's so unfamiliar with the, what the hell he's talking about, and it's so foreign to him. Okay, I mean, some of the stuff that that the Democratic Party is is talking about is just I think it's just. I think it's just too much for him. I really do. I don't think he is a kind of a candidate that's so far left that the that the Democratic Party has shifted themselves to over the last couple of two or three years. And I think he has a hard time with that. And I I don't think he really I don't think he really is uh, supports it with in, internally. I really don't. I think he has problems with it. And combine that with the cognitive stuff. I mean, it's, you can see how he uncomfortable he is in front of in front of the world, in front of the United States of America, in front of its citizens when he's talking. He just he's just not in a good place. And I think the Democrats uh, know this. And and then we got you know word this week that you know that uh, that he was getting you know well the last week or so we've been hearing that he is. Um, you know, uh, getting close to his pick, and he's he's taking his his long list, and now he's shortened that list, and that's down to twelve, and now it's down to six, and and you know we're getting all these uh, these updates on who he's picking, and, and and who's Joe, who Joe's picking, who is Joe picking, who's Biden picking, you know, and it finally came down to Kamala Harris, which was no big surprise. Uh, number one, he was told. That, and basically told, and I read several articles on this, that he, that he, had, to, he had to pick a woman and that woman had to be black. Okay, Th- those are the two criteria that, that, that his vice presidential, vice, the, vi- the vice president had to be, in his choice, had to be those two the qualifications. Never mind if they're the most qualified, but those are the two qualifications that made up his choice. Well, you know, here we come, we... we uh, we hear that Kamala Harris, he's finally picked Kamala Harris uh, for his, his, uh, his VP pick. And like I said, I thought it was a, like a, a safe thing for him to do. Um, but here, here's, what I, here's my problem with this. You know, during the Democratic uh, presidential debates, um, she, Kamala was like all over Joe's ass about his his racial stance and basically the whole i mean if you if you listen to her get on him and attack him he's calling him a racist the whole um, it was it was like there's no way that you could not you know come away with with that you know with that idea that she was just calling him a racist during the presidential debates and then she, it's on record that she basically uh you know, with Tara Reid and the sexual assaults allegations and things about about Tara Reid, um, that she believed her, um, that she was telling the truth. So basically, Kamala Harris is sitting there saying that uh, 
that Joe Biden's a racist and that he's guilty of sexual assault on this on this terror read. OK, now here's my thinking here. If you're if you're a vice president, if you're a president and you're and you're a, a, to be and you're running for president and you're going to pick a, a VP to support you and everything, are you really going to pick somebody who believes that you're a racist and that you you actually committed a sexual assault on a woman? Because that's what she said. That's what that's what she has indicated her feelings about Joe Biden. And all of a sudden now they're all happy and hugging each other and and supporting each other. Oh, you know, that's just politics. No, this is what this lady thinks about Joe Biden. And you can't tell me that Joe Biden likes that. If he does, then there's something seriously more cognitively wrong with the dude. There's something seriously wrong with this dude. If he chose her with those with those allegations and with those that that view of him, you got to be kidding me, right? You, he's going to pick that person. So my thought is is that um, he she might have been on his list. He she fit, you know the the woman uh, and you know the black uh, uh, qualifications uh, to be his vice presidential candidate. I was reading an article. Uh, where uh, what's his name? David Axelrod, who is a uh, Obama's political strategist, and he's real good friends with him in Chicago and everything. And he was sitting there saying that Kamala Harris basically was a safe was a safe pick for Joe, and but it wasn't really Joe's first pick. And that first pick that that Joe really wanted to do was the governor from I think Michigan, Whitmer, Whitmer. Um, but the the only problem was is. And he wrote this, this is that she was white and he couldn't pick her, but he was his first choice. That's what he said. That's not me. That's what he said. So we know that we know that Kamala wasn't his first choice. And my, my thinking is, is that, you know, if Joe, if Joe actually gets elected to, uh, to the presidency, which I think it's a long shot, I don't think he's going to beat Trump, I, you know. I just don't, I don't, even with the COVID virus, um, I don't think that he's going to beat Trump. Trump's got a, you might not like him, you might hate him, you might be a never Trumper, you may, uh, blah, 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 all this stuff. But he's done a lot of good work and he's done a lot for America. He's done a lot for uh, each ethnicity as far as work and and jobs and things like that. Um, And he's done a lot of good work. You have to look at his record. And I believe you really look at his record. He's done a very good job as a president of the United States. You may not like him. You may not hate him. Democrats hate his guts. They won't give him any credit for anything. For goodness sakes, Joe's taking credit for this uh, Israeli uh, agreement uh, with Arab states and stuff like that. It's, you know, that's just something we worked on when we were, you know, when I was in the Obama administration. And, and he's trying to take credit for it. Well, you know, Joe, if you didn't ever get it done, then you don't get to take credit for it. I'm sorry. Uh, you can go back years and years and look at all the stuff in history that, uh, you know, what the government's done. And, you know, George Bush could take credit for something that somebody's doing today because he, you know, had his hand in something that took place, you know, you know, with uh, some other country and take credit for it. But you don't see these other people. I don't see these other presidents, these other former presidents get involved with things anymore like uh, President Obama does. And, of course, I, I understand why Joe Biden's doing it, because he's wanting to appear like he was like more instrumental in, you know, those decision making processes um, than he really was. So but here's the thing. I 
I just don't think that Joe is going to be elected number one. Uh, number two, if he does get elected, I don't think he's going to make it through his first term. I really don't. From what I see and what I read, and I, I read, I read, I try to read a lot, and I try to make my decisions based on what I read and what I hear and how I listen to him and his decline cognitively. I don't think that he's going to be able to um, really, um, you know, serve as the president of the United States for very long. I don't, I don't agree with all those people that, you know, that he won't, that he won't run. I think he will run. Some people are saying that he won't, you know, he won't run. They'll take him off the tickets and they'll put Kamala or somebody else in there as a running man. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think he's going to run. And if, and it's a big if, I think, if he does win, I don't think he's going to make it through his first term. I think they'll find a reason to, to, uh, to uh, you know, get him out of the presidency, relieve him of his duties. And, and I believe that then the vice president, who would be Kamala Harris at that time, would then take over as president of the United States. Um, I know it sounds like a you know a conspiracy theory and all that stuff, but I really I really I really worry about Joe Biden uh, and his and his ability to be able to think and to be able to to really govern uh, the United States of America number one and dealing with all the you know foreign entities and things like that as well. I um, I'm telling you I I really worry I really worry about that um, for for that ticket I really do. Um, couple other things that uh, was going on, the whole uh, voting uh, by mail versus going to the polls. Uh, this week, uh, Dr. Fauci uh, went on record that uh, he is, is approves the in-person voting, uh, that there's no reason why we shouldn't be allowed to go to the polls and vote. And I know that the Democrats have been pushing the mail-in uh, version of our voting for this coming uh, November election. And I've been personally, I've been pushing this for a long while. Why are we not allowed to go to the polls when I can go get my haircut at, you know, at, uh, at uh, sports clips and I can go to grocery stores and buy my Pop-Tarts and my, my Wheaties and stuff. Or I can go to Lowe's and Home Depot and buy the wood and all the projects that I've been doing at my home. I've been locked up at the house and I can go do all those things. Wearing my mask, you know, following the you know COVID protocols, keeping my social distancing, all those things, and I can do all that, and I can't go vote now. You got to be kidding me! You you tell me the reasoning behind that. I, even if you even if you look at COVID, take COVID, put COVID in there. You start, you follow the processes, right? You follow the processes. You get in line. You six feet apart. You get in there. You sign your name. It, that you you sign your card when you go into you sign a card that you're I'm Bob Laney Robert Laney and, and they match up my my signature that I'm a registered voter they tear that little card off they give it to you you walk over to your booth right you hand it to the guy that's uh, got his mask on you got your mask on um, you know all the people all the workers are behind the tables are probably going to have you know big plastic uh, protection barriers that you're going to be talking through so you're going to have all that you go into your booth zip zip the curtain closes you do your business zip zip the you know the curtains open back up and you walk out the the uh, the uh, volunteer goes down and wipes down whatever needs to be wiped down in the booth you know between each voter got plenty of time to do it what, wh- why not? Now, look at that, uh, going voting normally versus now we're doing uh, nationwide 
you know, millions and millions upon millions and millions of uh, mailing, mailing uh, ballots, okay? Can you, I mean, just visualize what kind of a cluster that's going to be when people are voting, if they put it back in the mail, um, who are they mailing these, these, the, the, these ballots to? How are we verifying uh, that the, the, the addresses and that the people still live at the locations where they have on, what do they have on file? I mean, every day there is a new article about some, you know, race that's been, they've been counting for months now, Fraud in California and different states, all these, I think one was in Nevada, all these fraud cases and ballots uh, being mailed to people that, that aren't alive anymore. They don't live in the household or the apartments that they're used to live in. And where do these ballots go? And who, who gets them? Who gets them? You know what? You want, you want to talk about voter fraud? Now, I know we've used it in the past, and I know we use absentee ballots, and that absentee ballot is different, a little bit different. You're going to be uh, out of the state. You're going to be out of the state which, where you are registered to vote, and you request an absentee ballot because you want to participate and vote. So you are requesting that, and you are a registered voter who is requesting an absentee ballot to vote. That is different than the, mail, the mailing that these people want to do uh, just to send out ballots to millions and millions of voters. How are they going to uh, uh, vet these, 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 these ballots to making sure that they're going to the people that they're supposed to be going to? They can't, and they won't. And that is going to be a problem when they, when they go to tally up these votes, these ballots. It is going to be a complete an utter disaster. It just, I'm telling you, mark my words, it's going to be terrible. So there's no reason, no reason why we can't, as a country, go to the polls like we normally do and vote. Okay? Think about reasons why people want to do that. Why do why do why do the Democrats? Why are they pushing uh, mail-in voting? Why is it, I don't know? You you think about it. You go read and study and find out about it yourself. I have my opinions about it. Um, I think it's going to be a terrible thing for the United States of America um, and for its citizens. It's it's going to create. Uh, a lot of questions, uh, either side, whoever wins, it's going to create a lot of problems that we wouldn't have if we would just go vote like normal at the polls with a proven system that works. Okay. And we're, we're moving from a system that works is a good system to an inferior system of mail-in ballots. It's just the truth. It is. Okay. It's the truth. Listen, thanks for uh, listening to me. Uh, uh, this has been fun this week. There's been a lot of stuff going on this week, and I've really I've uh, tried to keep up on things, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to listen. Listen, uh, be smart out there, be safe, and be kind. We need that kind of uh, kindness in this world today. I know it sounds kind of corny, but we have so many people in this in today that wants to, be, to divide us, and um, 
please be a kind of person that uh, is more inclusive. Try to be a person and, you know, share your opinions with people. Don't be afraid to share your opinions with people. Um, you know, last week I talked about you know, 62% of Americans afraid to share their views on things uh, because of cancel culture and things like that. Uh, don't let people intimidate you. Share your opinion about things. You'll be surprised on how much you agree with some people. Uh, you may learn something. They may learn something. But don't let people shout you down, man. Give your opinion. Be free to give your opinion. We live in America. You have your freedom of speech. Use it. Use it at this time because it really, we really need it more than anything today. So remember, be smart, be safe, be kind out there. Country needs it. Hey, this is Rob Scott, and this is my podcast. And if you like my podcast, I really hope you do. Please, uh, uh, you know, uh, sign up uh, uh, through whatever medium you use, whatever platform you use. I really appreciate it. Uh, drop me notes on Rob at uh, robscottpodcast.com. I'd love to hear your comments. And I... We'll uh, catch on the next episode. Hey, this week has been, well, has been really hot. A lot of stuff going on in our country, the politics, in the music industry. We're going to talk a little bit about that. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, Concealed Carry, CTW today, and my experience today. Uh, We're also going to talk WAP, uh, WAP with Cardi D. And what's her name? Megan D. Stallion. And their new uh, blockbuster uh, single that they would put out this week. I'm not going to talk about a lot because uh, anyway. Anyway, and then there's some other political news that I want to kind of hit real quick before I yeah, in today's uh, episode. So, hey, listen, uh, I had a great time today. I, I've always wanted to kind of get my, my uh, concealed carry uh, certificate, you know, and my, and my license. As you know... I used to live in New Jersey. I was there for 30 years, and being able you couldn't you could not get a concealed carry in New Jersey because of their gun laws there. It's the most uh, pitiful state that you can probably live in if you want to own a gun or buy a gun or whatever. So many limitations on it. Well, I uh, I had a chance to go to a training class today, which was an eight hour long class. It's an all day affair. And got a chance to uh, do some shooting today and and uh, show my skills and be able to get my uh, my certificate today, which now I can take and uh, turn all that into the uh, the sheriff's department. And I think right now it's like a 45 day wait just because of COVID and all that stuff uh, for me to be able to get my uh, my concealed carry. So of course we went through all of the. Uh, you know, all the laws, uh, Ohio laws and things like that, and all the, you know, just everything you need to know about being a, uh, uh, carrying and concealed. And uh, I, had to, I hadn't shot for a little while, uh, so I had, my, uh, had my Glock with, you know, I brought my Glock with me, and we had an opportunity to shoot. Man, I was really, I was actually pretty happy with uh, my groupings. We had to do, you know, I did like four, four magazines, uh, and so I, you know, we did about twenty uh, chest shots, um, and then uh, twenty head shots, and I was really happy. I mean, I was like, I was like hitting my mark, and uh, like hitting where I wanted to kind of hit. I was a little off a few couple places, but my groupings were really good. And but what I was really impressed with during this whole thing when I was shooting is the is the instructor man. He was like really really hands on. 
uh, very, he is an expert shooter. This guy was, he's an older gentleman. He's a retired, uh, uh, police officer. He does, he does personalized training now. Uh, he's done, you know, he's done competition shooting and things like that. So he really knows this stuff. And he was really involved with each one of the shooters. We had people that had never shot a gun before. Um, and then we had people that had, you know, knew their, knew their way around a handgun. And I, you know, like I was not, you know, was not new to it. So I knew what I was doing, but I was really impressed with him. He would, he would watch each of the people shooting and watch their hands, their hand positions, showed us how he likes to, you know, to handle his, his firearm and you know how to how to pull the trigger how to how to do all this it was really interesting and what i was really surprised well, not really surprised but i saw the i saw the 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 benefits of his instructions almost immediately it was it was pretty cool and um my first couple of shots that i made is we started in around the chest area and um and i was kind of i was in the i was in the i was shooting okay but I was kind of like off to the left a little bit, and he was explaining to me that if you're shooting off to the left, it's because of the way they're gripping and the way that you're pulling the trigger. So he adjusted my hands and basically said, okay, put 70% of your, uh, your, your weight on your left hand and 30% on your right hand that's holding the, you know, uh, holding the gun, holding the handgun. And then shift your finger just a little bit for, and then when you're pulling back on the trigger. Now, if you, you got a clock, you know that you have a, a trigger pull where it comes back to it, kind of like almost like a dead stop before it, before the poundage changes, and you are able to pull and shoot the shoot the shoot the round. So, um, just making those small incremental changes was is incredible. And as soon as it. Uh, um, as soon as I made those changes, I could see that I was just putting one round on top of the other round, on top of the other round, on top of the other round. It was crazy. Just those small little incremental uh, changes really made a difference uh, in my shooting. And it was like, wow, this is really cool. So I'm excited about that. I got my certificate today. And uh, now, I get to, uh, now I get to go and, and make an appointment with the sheriff's department to get my, uh, my concealed carry. So uh, wish me good luck. I shouldn't have any problems. My background check should be good and everything. So anyway, uh, it was a good experience today. This week has been really big time in the news. I think Monday, was it? I think Monday we had a new song come out uh, with from Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. The uh, song and the single is WAP. Um, I really don't... <laughs> I had a friend of mine kind of keeps track of like things that are trending online for me. Uh, like I, I've told you before, I don't have a big staff with my uh, my podcast, so I have a lot of people kind of feed me stuff. and And I said, "Oh, you got to talk about this because this is really this is this is trending like in music like crazy. It's got eighty million downloads in in the UK and in the United States, and it's it's big time." Listen, I'm not a bit, I'm not a rap guy at all. <laughs> you know, I'm more of a classic rock dude, and uh, I don't really get into rap. I mean, I got a few Drake, you know, songs on my on my playlist, but I don't listen to rap. Never did. Um, and I list, used to listen to a little bit when my was when my youngest son was at home, and we'd be driving in the car, and he would want to listen to some rap, and I okay, good, you know. And um, anyway, but. I, uh, he sent me this. He sent me this link to the video, and the the lyrics on this thing, 
And uh, all right, what a piece of trash this this song is. I'm I'm serious. Uh, I was sitting there listening to this, and all I could visualize in my head is I'm going to be driving up to, <clears throat> excuse my sniffs, I got a little bit of a runny nose. Um, I'm going to be driving up to a, a stoplight, and my windows are going to be up because the air conditioning's on, but I'm going to be looking over here, and there's going to be these two kids, more than likely either white kid, you know, white girl or white, whatever. They're going to be blasting away at their bass and their car is going to be bouncing up and down because their bass is so stinking high. And they're going to be all like singing and all the, you know, knowing all the lyrics to this song already. And, and then spent the whole time memorizing all the lyrics to this new song. I don't know if you've listened to it or not. Um, I got through maybe two of the verses before I, I just couldn't, I couldn't read it anymore. It was so vulgar and so disgusting. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, it was just, it was like, and then the video, I, I didn't even finish, I didn't even watch all the video. I just kind of got the gist of it because it was all the same, basically. And it's something that you could find on Pornhub, really. I mean, if you want to see pornography, uh, then download this music, memorize the lyrics to it, because that's what it is. It's just plain and simple, just vulgar and just terrible. It is. And what's a shame is you got 80 million people who have downloaded this or listened to this thing, and, and, and they're getting rave reviews about how this is supposed to strengthen, strengthen women and about sexuality and things like that. You know, I, <laughs> I don't know anybody that talks to their wives or their girlfriends like these two girls sing about in this song. I... I I even asked around a little bit. I said, hey, would you say this to your girlfriend or your, your wife? Hell no. I would never say anything like that. And it's just like, <laughs> geez. You know what? I, I'm, I love America. And you can, you can you get your freedom of speech. You can do whatever you want to do. But, boy, if I, if I had children today and, you know, and, and they were growing up at this thing, I'd be having to talk about it. I wouldn't be telling them, hey, don't download it. I would make a recommendation not to. But I would sit there and, and really kind of talk to them about maybe why you wouldn't want to download this because of just how blatantly vulgar it is. And it really, to me, it really debases women uh, to, to just look at them as a sexual object versus uh, you know, uh, women that like they're supposed to be. It was just, to me, it was just gross. So that's all I'm going to say about that. It, just put it this way. It won't be on my download list and it won't be playing on my, on my iPhone. So, um, listen, there's a lot of other news in the, in the, uh, in the, this week. Um, of course we all know that, uh, uh, vice president elect, not elect, but vice president, uh, 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 Joe Biden um, picked his his uh, running mate, the VP running mate Kamala Harris, this week, and I just I just got a, something I want to kind of like talk a little bit about, and it's my view on this whole thing. You know, I um, I used to love, I mean, not love him, but I used to kind of like like Joe. I was I lived in New Jersey for thirty years, and uh, he was you know he was a senator from Delaware, and um, I always I always kind of liked Joe and never thought badly of him. Um, he's always been kind of the, to me, he's always been kind of the middle of the road type of guy. Some, some 
uh, you know, legislation. He'd be on the left-hand side. He'd be on Democrat. He'd switch over. And I think he tried to tried to straddle uh, the aisle a little bit in his in his efforts. Now I know there's been a lot of reports about his you know about his racism and things like that. But in my view, he's always been kind of like in the middle. And I think since he's been the the, nomin- the nominee for the Democratic ticket for president, um, the Democratic Party has shifted so much this year and over the last couple last year, last couple of years, have shifted so much to the left that there's two things I think that's kind of going on with Joe. And this is just my opinion. This is what this is my view on this. You can disagree with it. Let me know if you you know if you think I'm a moron or whatever. You can get me at Rob at robscottpodcast.com, but I'd love to hear from you. But here's my take on this. Um, number one, we all have seen this uh, as far as his his cognitive ability. Now I don't want I don't like I'm not going to speak badly of the guy, uh, but I worry about that because he can't put two sentences together. It seems to forget things mid you know midway through his through his speeches and things like that. And he can't answer uh, questions. They've been keeping him basically in the basement and not talking. And I really believe that that's a serious issue that people really need to, uh, to look at in their voting this year. I really do. He is not, he is not well. And it's, it's showing each and every day. Number two is I think Joe has always been kind of, to me, he's always been kind of like this, uh, like I said, middle-of-the-line kind of guy. And now he's being, uh, having to be pigeonholed and to be in the Democratic uh, candidate for presidency, and he's shifted himself so much to the left that to tell you the truth, here, I think that he's so unfamiliar with the, what the hell he's talking about, and it's so foreign to him, okay? I mean, some of this stuff that... that the Democratic Party is, is talking about is just, I think it's just, I think it's just too much for him. I really do. I don't think he is a kind of a candidate that's so far left that the, that the Democratic Party has shifted themselves to over the last couple of two or three years. And I think he has a hard time with that. And I, I don't think he really, I don't think he really is uh, supports it with in, internally. I really don't. I think he has problems with it, and combine that with the cognitive stuff. I mean, it's, you can see how he uncomfortable he is in front of in front of the world, in front of the United States of America, in front of its citizens when he's talking. He just he's just not in a good place, and I think the Democrats uh, know this. And and then we got you know word this week that you know that uh, that he was getting you know well the last week or so we've been hearing that he is, um, you know, uh, getting close to his pick and he's, he's taken his, his long list and now he's shortened that list and that's down to 12 and now it's down to six and, and, you know, we're getting all these, uh, these updates on who he's picking and, and, and who's Joe, who Joe's picking, who is Joe picking, who's Biden picking, you know, and it finally came down to Kamala Harris, which was no big surprise. Uh, number one, he was told, that and basically told, and I read several articles on this that he that he had to he had to pick a woman, and that woman had to be black. Okay, Th- those are the two criteria that 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 his vice presidential vice the, vice the vice president had to be in his choice had to be those two the qualifications. Never mind if they're the most qualified, but those are the two qualifications that made up his choice. Well. 
you know, here we come. We we uh, we hear that Kamala Harris. He's finally picked Kamala Harris uh, for his his uh, his VP pick. And like I said, I thought it was a, like a, a safe thing for him to do. Um, but here here's what I, here's my problem with this. You know, during the Democratic uh, presidential debates. Um, she, Kamala was like all over Joe's ass about his, his racial stance. And basically the whole, I mean, if you, if you listen to her get on him and attack him, he's calling him a racist. The whole, um, it was, it was like, there's no way that you could not, you know, come away with, with that, you know, with that idea that she was just calling him a racist during the presidential debates. And then she, it's on record that she basically, uh, you know, with Tara Reid and the sexual assaults allegations and things about, about Tara Reid, um, that she believed her, um, that she was telling the truth. So basically, Kamala Harris is sitting there saying that, uh, that Joe Biden's a racist and that he's guilty of sexual assault on this, on this Tara Reid. Okay, now here's my thinking here. If you're if you're a vice president, if you're a president and you're and you're a, a, to be and you're running for president and you're going to pick a, a VP to support you and everything, are you really going to pick somebody who believes that you're a racist and that you you actually committed a sexual assault on a woman? Because that's what she said. That's what that's what she has indicated her feelings about Joe Biden. And all of a sudden now they're all happy and hugging each other and and supporting each other. Oh, you know, that's just politics. No, this is what this lady thinks about Joe Biden. And you can't tell me that Joe Biden likes that. If he does, then there's something seriously more cognitively wrong with the dude. There's something seriously wrong with this dude. If he chose her with those with those allegations and with those that that view of him, you got to be kidding me, right? You, he's going to pick that person. So my thought is is that um, he she might have been on his list. He she fit, you know the the woman uh, and you know the black uh, uh, qualifications uh, to be his vice presidential candidate. I was reading an article. Uh, where uh, what's his name? David Axelrod, who is a uh, Obama's political strategist, and he was real good friends with him in Chicago and everything. And he was sitting there saying that Kamala Harris basically was a safe was a safe pick for Joe, and but it wasn't really Joe's first pick. And that first pick that that Joe really wanted to do was the governor from I think Michigan, Whitmer, Whitmer. Um, but the the only problem was is. And he wrote this, this is that she was white and he couldn't pick her, but he was his first choice. That's what he said. That's not me. That's what he said. So we know that we know that Kamala wasn't his first choice. And my, my thinking is, is that, you know, if Joe, if Joe actually gets elected to, uh, to the presidency, which I think it's a long shot, I don't think he's going to beat Trump, I, you know. I just don't, I don't, even with the COVID virus, um, I don't think that he's going to beat Trump. Trump's got a, you might not like him, you might hate him, you might be a never Trumper, you may, blah, 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 all this stuff. But he's done a lot of good work and he's done a lot for America. He's done a lot for uh, each ethnicity as far as work and, and jobs and things like that. 
Um, and he's done a lot of good work. You have to look at his record. And I believe you really look at his record. He's done a very good job as a president of the United States. You may not like him. You may not hate him. Democrats hate his guts. They won't give him any credit for anything. For goodness sakes, Joe's taking credit for this uh, Israeli uh, agreement uh, with Arab states and stuff like that. It's, you know, that's just something we worked on when we were, you know, when I was in the Obama administration. And, and he's trying to take credit for it. Well, you know, Joe, if you didn't ever get it done, then you don't get to take credit for it. I'm sorry. Uh, you can go back years and years and look at all the stuff in history that, uh, you know, what the government's done and, you know, George Bush could take credit for something that somebody's doing today because he, you know, had his hand in something that took place, you know, you know, with some other country and take credit for it. But you don't see these other people. I don't see these other presidents, these other former presidents get involved with things anymore like uh, President Obama does. And, of course, I, I understand why Joe Biden's doing it, because he's wanting to appear like he was like more instrumental in, you know, those decision making processes um, than he really was. So, but here's the thing. I, I just don't think that Joe is going to be elected. Number one, uh, number two, if he does get elected, I don't think he's going to make it through his first term. I really don't from what I see and what I read. And I, I read, I read, I try to read a lot and I try to make my decisions based on what I read and what I hear and how I listen to him and his decline cognitively, I don't think that he's going to be able to um, really, um, you know, serve as the president of the United States for very long. I don't, I don't agree with all those people that you know that he won't that he won't run. I think he will run. Some people are saying that he won't, you know, he he won't run. They'll take him off the tickets and they'll put Kamala or somebody else in there as a running man. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think he's going to run. And if and it's a big if, I think if he does win. I don't think he's going to make it through his first term. I think they'll find a reason to, to, uh, to uh, you know, get him out of the presidency, relieve him of his duties. And, and I believe that then the vice president, who would be Kamala Harris at that time, would then take over as president of the United States. Um, I know it sounds like a, you know, a conspiracy theory and all that stuff, but I really, I really, I really worry about Joe Biden uh, and, his, and his ability to be able to think and to be able to, to really govern uh, the United States of America, number one, and dealing with all the you know foreign entities and things like that as well, I um, I'm telling you, I I really worry I really worry about that um, for for that ticket. I really do. A um, couple other things that uh, was going on the whole uh, voting uh, by mail versus going to the polls. Uh, this week, uh, Dr. Fauci uh, went on record that uh, he is, is approves the in-person voting, uh, that there's no reason why we shouldn't be allowed to go to the polls and vote. And I know that the Democrats have been pushing the mail-in uh, version of our voting for this coming uh, November election. And I've been personally, I've been pushing this for a long while. Why are we not allowed to go to the polls when I can go get my hair cut at, you know, at, uh, at uh, sports clips and I can go to grocery stores and buy my Pop-Tarts and my, my Wheaties and stuff, or I can go to Lowe's and Home Depot and buy the wood and all the projects that I've been doing at my home while I've been locked up at the house. And I can go do all those things 
wearing my mask, you know, following the you know COVID protocols, keeping my social distancing, all those things, and I can do all that, and I can't go vote now. You got to be kidding me. You you tell me the reasoning behind that. Even if you even if you look at COVID, take COVID, put COVID in there. You start, you follow the processes, right? You follow the processes. You get in line. You sit six feet apart. You get in there. You sign your name. That you you sign your card when you go in. You sign a card that you're I'm Bob Laney, Robert Laney, and, and they match up my my signature that I'm a registered voter. They tear that little card off. They give it to you. You walk over to your booth, right? You hand it to the guy that's uh, got his mask on. You got your mask on. Um, you know, all the people, all the workers are behind the tables are probably going to have, you know, big plastic uh, protection barriers that you're going to be talking through. So you're going to have all that. You go into your booth, zip, zip, the curtain closes, you do your business, zip, zip, the, you know, the curtains open back up and you walk out. The, the, uh, the uh, volunteer goes down and wipes down whatever needs to be wiped down in the booth, you know, between each voter. Got plenty of time to do it. What, wh- why not? Now, look at that, uh, going voting normally versus now we're doing uh, nationwide, you know, millions and millions upon millions and millions of uh, mailing, mailing uh, ballots, okay? Can you, I mean, just visualize what kind of a cluster that's going to be when people are voting, if they put it back in the mail, um, who are they mailing these, these, the, the, these ballots to? How are we verifying uh, that the, the, the addresses and that the people still live at the locations where they have on, what do they have on file? I mean, every day there is a new article about some, you know, race that's been, they've been counting for months now, Fraud in California and different states, all these, I think one was in Nevada, all these fraud cases and ballots uh, being mailed to people that, that aren't alive anymore. They don't live in the household or the apartments that they used to live in. And where do these ballots go? And who, who gets them? Who gets them? You know what? You want, you want to talk about voter fraud? Now, I know we've used it in the past, and I know we use absentee ballots, and that absentee ballot is different, a little bit different. You're going to be uh, out of the state. You're going to be out of the state which, where you are registered to vote, and you request an absentee ballot because you want to participate and vote. So you are requesting that, and you are a registered voter who is requesting an absentee ballot to vote. That is different than the, mail, the mailing that these people want to do uh, just to send out ballots to millions and millions of voters. How are they going to uh, uh, vet these, 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 these ballots to making sure that they're going to the people that they're supposed to be going to? They can't, and they won't. And that is going to be a problem when they, when they go to tally up these votes, these ballots. It is going to be a complete an utter disaster. It just, I'm telling you, mark my words, it's going to be terrible. So there's no reason, no reason why we can't, as a country, go to the polls like we normally do and vote. Okay? 
think about reasons why people want to do that. Why do why do why do the Democrats? Why are they pushing uh, mail-in voting? Why is? It, <laughs> I don't know. You, you think about it. You go read and study and find out about it yourself. I have my opinions about it. Um, I think it's going to be a terrible thing for the United States of America um, and for its citizens. It's, it's going to create uh, a lot of questions. Uh, e- either side, whoever wins, it's going to create a lot of problems that we wouldn't have if we would just go vote like normal at the polls with a proven system that works. Okay. And we're, we're moving from a system that works, is a good system, to an inferior system of mail-in ballots. It's just the truth. It is. Okay? It's the truth. Listen, thanks for uh, listening to me. Uh, uh, this has been fun this week. There's been a lot of stuff going on this week, and I've really I've, uh, tried to keep up on things, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to... Uh, to listen. Listen, uh, be smart out there, be safe, and be kind. We need that kind of uh, kindness in this world today. I know it sounds kind of corny, but we have so many people in this in today that wants to, be, to divide us. And um, please be a kind of person that uh, is more inclusive. Try to be a person and, you know, share your opinions with people. Don't be afraid to share your pens and pen, opinions with people. Um, you know, last week I talked about you know, 62% of Americans afraid to share their views on things uh, because of cancel culture and things like that. Uh, don't let people intimidate you. Share your opinion about things. You'll be surprised on how much you agree with some people. Uh, you may learn something. They may learn something. But don't let people shout you down, man. Give your opinion. Be free to give your opinion. We live in America. You have your freedom of speech. Use it. Use it at this time because it really we really need it more than anything today. So remember, be smart, be safe, be kind out there. Country needs it. Hey, this is Rob Scott, and this is my podcast. And if you like my podcast, I really hope you do. Please, uh, uh, you know, uh, sign up uh, uh, through whatever medium you use, whatever platform you use. I really appreciate it. Uh, drop me notes on Rob uh, RobScottPodcast.com. I'd love to hear your comments, and I. We'll uh, catch you on the next episode.